and welcome to the latest episode of the Lock In Podcast. We're now a week or so into the first stages of reopening, as you'll probably hear from the noises behind us. And while our customers shiver in the freezing April weather, in this episode we'll be discussing what we've learned so far and what we need to learn. Reopening up after such a long period is a challenge for the best of operators, and as such we wanted to bring you key insight from the guys at the top of the game. The people who can see all the angles, anticipate all the problems, and hit the ground running, maximising every opportunity that's available for you to make the restart a success. Fortunately, fortunately, we'll be hearing from two such operators later in the programme, but until then we'll have to make do with my co-host James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. What I worry about the most is that he kind of giggles every week at the same line. (laughs) I stopped listening 15 minutes ago. Mm. I think to myself, I go to bed at night, I think, I just listen to the podcast, a bit, bit cringy, so I put it on, I'll never get past this. I'd like to think that I offer some kind of service in mm. some way. Your wife falls asleep as quickly as well. <laughs> 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 moving on, moving on. Anyway, yeah, guys, welcome, thanks for that. That's, um, I really look forward to these recordings every week, it's a real boost to my ego. Good. In many ways. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the links on the homepage. Do like and share on social. We're really pushing for those double-digit audience figures. And send us your comments and thoughts. So, as I said, we've got some great guests joining us later. James Anderson from Legal Experts, Popston Allen, will be tackling the licensing challenges. And we've got two great operators, Elaine Wrigley from Atlas Bar in Manchester and Brendan Padfield from The Unruly Pig, joining us to share their opening thoughts. But before we dive into the issues around reopening, let's catch up on some of the news. Um, guys, I mean, we've seen this week uh, there's talk of calorie labelling on pints. So, how do we feel about that? Bollocks. It, it's it, honestly, it's like the government are like, right, we've given them a really hard time lately, the pups. Let's give them even more shit to deal with. It's just stop, man. Give us a break. It must be like they just have a load of stuff in a box relating to pubs and pick it out once every few days and send it to the Daily Mail. It's, it's ridiculous. Let's, let's it? see what we can wind Heath up yeah. with. That's what the box uh, is actually called. Yeah. The Heath wind up. Box. Yeah, but it's true though, isn't it? Like seriously, we've got. It's like remember they were trying to put. Um, calories on food and stuff and it's just like well, they did that didn't they you mean on menus did they really well, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, shit. you mean menus right? yeah menus yeah exactly like come on man like it's just there's also this thing called allergens Heath that, um, are you are you aware of no I don't, it's not an allergen it's an eating disorder everyone's got an eating disorder <laughs> oh yeah um, I can't eat gluten mate you're drinking six pints of Stella you can't eat gluten yeah, I man, it's just, just give what it, just, they should have like a, should be like a truce. The government should go, you know what, we'll leave you alone for a while. We're giving you guys a hard time, but it's like they're at war with us, and we just, it's like, give us Christmas, give us a break for a minute, and give us, you know, let us sing the song. Well, in, in principle, then, are you, are you totally opposed to the idea of calorie labeling on? Yes, yes. Um, we're not. People aren't stupid. Do you know what I mean, I think you see KFC and McDonald's have them, but yeah, probably some of them people are stupid. But I think. Broadly in the pub, you're either young and burn loads of calories, don't care. Well, you know, you know what, you've been doing it forever. Just, it's just bollocks. But, but that's state. the thing, though. The government, the government, honestly, think we're this is a nanny state. I think I'd have more freedom in China. You know, like this is ridiculous. What? Just leave and us food. And, yeah, oh, I'd love Chinese food. And bit of and more freedom. So I'm waiting for North Korea to rear its head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I would have not sure the cuisine though. I mean, yeah. broadly the same, right? Yeah. 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 Probably a bit more limited. But yeah, just give us. I, I just honestly, government, give us a break, please. Stop, man. This is relentless. 
Um, so yeah, we're really pro. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm taking that up as a, as a you're, yeah. you're up for this. Full positive. Um, they, you know what they should do? They should actually make us engrave them onto the glasses, and all the breweries have to supply glassware for with the each. calorie for each drink, and we have to make sure the glass is in each drink. So it'd be great. You imagine Guinness, 500 calories, but they could actually put something like less than a roast chicken. I know what I'd rather be having. A roast chicken? No, Guinness. No, 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 Depends where you're getting your roast chicken from. Uh, ask, ask you, Fernley Woodsy's store. No, he'll tell you the right one to get. Well, there you go. Uh, Keir Starmer made <laughs> the news uh, this week. Thrown out of a pub uh, in Bath, I believe, uh, for failing to be an effective opposition. Uh, what, what, do, what do we think to that? Quite funny, really, wasn't it? I mean, has Boris dared have a pint yet? I'm not sure <laughs> who would get in anywhere. Um, I felt sorry for the, la- like, the way his security manhandled him. You know what I mean? Like, he obviously didn't know he was the landlord, but... Yeah, it's not. I think they just thought he was some random nutter in the street, didn't they? <laughs> well, I watched him on this morning. It was a Good Morning Britain. He was on there doing an interview. And he just went off on this mad tangent about, uh, you know, anti-lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it did himself no favours. If he just said, like, Keir Starmer's been a rubbish opposition, yeah, we could all relate. He hasn't really been opposition. He's just signed off everything the government said, so... I mean, the, the weird thing, though, was why was Keir Starmer trying to go inside the pub? I think yeah, it was, it was probably... Not, I think it was just a walk wasn't it? It was like a, you know... Might need a week. Well, that's true, yeah, you might need a week. Customers only. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you usually arrange to do a walk around the pub with the the landlord, don't you? So you think they'd know that they were the From what I I understood was his business partner said that they could come, thinking it was just a... They didn't say which person was coming from the Labour Uh, Party. So they thought it was a local Labour councillor. Then when Keir Starham turned up, then it's it's all gone gone south pretty quick. That's what I understand on the news as well. I mean, to, to, in uh, answer to your question about whether Boris has gone for a pint, apparently um, I did a, a highly authoritative poll on Twitter the other day. Yeah, and, uh, love Twitter. So we, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But um, 67.3% of operators would not serve Boris in their pub, so, um, which worryingly suggests that Seems low. a fair amount still would. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so Boris could be, uh, could be selective and probably still get served. It would take some bollocks to do it, wouldn't it? But you'd, you'd quite enjoy it, no? I think you'd arrange it, wouldn't you? You'd actually say, yeah, sure, come down. Yeah, yeah. Let him get into the pub and they just go, yeah. you're barred. No, 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 no. Here's your point. £3,922. <laughs> yeah. Mate, Brexit's Inflation's driven the prices up. Yeah, everything's, yeah. man. Sorry, man. It's three grand. That's the price. And I'd have the tariff on the wall as well, all the drinks yeah. overinflated. Those are the prices, mate. It's a, it's a good plan. Uh, so, also, I've seen. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about this in the last uh, uh, recording uh, with regard to vaccine passports and things like that. It, it's got a little bit quiet, but I did see that apparently Michael Gove, that um, highly competent and uh, popular government minister, who's see the one who does the cocaine. Uh, he's been tasked with um, scoping out the uh, the passport concept. Has visited Israel to check out their vaccine pass system. So more importantly. Are we let him back in? Well, that is the question. Has that now been added to the red list and he will have to be quarantined? See, see it's the thing, though, right? They're going to go off and do this vaccine passport thing and they're all think. Now it's suddenly, it's not about the vaccine so much. It's all about test, it's all about the, the test and trace, you know, like getting everybody tested for the thing. Something's amiss in the government. Something's not right. Like, why are we going so hard and fast on that? We know, we know the vaccine passport won't work. Our government's so incompetent it won't work. But they're spending all this money on testing people. To, you can go and have two tests a week. They're so scared. Uh, Boris is doing an announcement at five o'clock on the variants. Have, have you got this tinfoil hat? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, like, but something like Boris is going to do an announcement at five o'clock today about the variance problem, and it's something's amiss. And I think go going out is a waste of time. Well, I mean, apparently the NHS are also recruiting or advertising for people to come and work on some kind of vaccine passport system, which is a little bit of a worry. That kind of suggests that this is probably going to happen, isn't it? Which um, and you, you think I need a tin hat? Well, come on. Most of the time, like, yeah. Like, honestly. Foil hat. And the problem is, everyone's just, everyone's going, wow, you know, we'll get our freedom back, we'll be able to go to Magaluf on holiday, it'll be great, I'll be able to go to Spain and eat my egg and chips, I can't wait to have my freedoms back. Which is, oh, it's, it, it's sad. It's like being in North Korea, isn't it? I think, it, I've said it before, we'll have more freedoms. We've got zero, zero COVID cases, apparently. No one's reported any. Won the World Cup the last 10 years. Yeah. Won the Rugby World Cup the last 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, I've read the press. There. Yeah. Their cuts look amazing in that yeah. country, by the way. Mm. And I'd, uh, I'd buy into the waistline of the leader as well. I'm quite into that. That's it, yes, yeah. And you do have a, a North Korean burger on the menu here, don't you? Uh, just a Korean burger. Oh, just a Korean burger. Okay, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. And then finally, let's, let's touch on this, because I, both, I know that, uh, Heath, you are a massive sports fan. Uh, the Football Super League. Um, I've been following this quite closely, actually. Have you? Yeah, because I, I love winding people up, and this is a really good way of winding English people up. You know, you find their weakness, and you just dig in a bit about so it. Hold on. <laughs> I just want ammunition to wind my customers up. That's yeah. Just let me translate. And he wonders why his customers uh, give him grief. Yeah. I, I just got this. I said to one of my mates, the Super League sounds amazing. Oh my god, that's it. Pull, pull, the, pull the pin and just walk off. Man, they went on for about 15 minutes. I mean, James, in, what do you in, think? in all honesty, James, you are the complete uh, sports bore amongst us. So, uh, what's, what's your take on it? And well, what, the fans uh, can, what's it mean for pubs? The fans can moan all they like, but they're not going to get listened to. The deal will be done. It's out of their hands. They can chirp on all they want, but no one's listening. Um, there's a football fan, I think, you know, we had the same gripes when the Premier League came in, that it would be elitist. And truthfully, it's always about the dollar. You know, it's who's got the most. But I think this is particularly worrying. You know, the big clubs are American-owned, and we're going towards an NFL model, which is you know. Did, no you, see, did you see the debt they're all carrying? Yeah, I mean, it's like Tottenham Hotspur is like, what was it? Something ridiculous. It was 813 million. Mm. All these clubs are so heavily in debt. They've got to do something like this. No, but I it's mean, a, it's a, it's a real shame. It could be. I think it's interesting. It's the, it's the amount of money that goes around to grassroots football, but it's now infighting amongst who can have the. You know the biggest franchise. So you look at you know this, the Premier League are talking about um, you know potentially banning clubs from that, and you've got the Champions League saying three of the four semi-finalists may not be allowed. Oh, it's not brinksmanship. Probably it'll all just wash over, and they'll just be a bit richer yeah. in terms of get more revenue per year. To, to from from a from money. a pub perspective, though. I mean, I know you two don't run uh, sports-focused pubs mm. or, or pubs that really show mm. sport, but I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of it's, it's another thing, isn't it? Because let's face it. This isn't going to be free to air. They're going to be no. looking to, to rake oh, a lot of money out of this. Yeah. Well, they reckon they're going to turn over five billion a year. That's what the, the, the Super League will turn over. Currently, right. I think the Premier League turns over three point two billion. So there's more money in it. They're going to charge more. They'll have more international fans. That's the aim. Do you know? Mm. So we need loads of international travel. Exactly what we yeah, need. That's right exactly now. That. My mates in North Korea will be loving it. They'll be able to watch the games. <laughs> I mean, apparently, again, another poll we did, uh, more, probably more legitimate because it wasn't me on Twitter, but um, amongst readers, so three quarters of pops wouldn't screen the games. Ah, rubbish. Which, which is, is the knee jerk reaction. But yeah, you think yeah, that's. It's a, great, uh, it's a great way to be. And does that mean I stop being a Liverpool fan? Because No, you don't. You just carry on. But it's nice to be holier than down now. So I think no, they'll, they'll screen it. No, absolutely, it'll be made. It'll be made attractive. Punters will ultimately want it. It's an excuse to go out for a drink and with your mates. Whether it's the Champions League, Premier League, 
championship, all of those, it's just a case of a social occasion, and we like doing that in the pub, and we'll always do it in the pub. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on and get into the meat of this, which is talking about how the reopening's gone. This is the Lock In Podcast and we're talking about the reopening experience. To date, we're a week plus in. What have we learned? So guys, I mean, how how has it gone? Um, you can hear behind us the, uh, the laughing, joyful sound of customers enjoying themselves. We know we're not in Music, music to the ears. I thought, I thought it like someone getting strangled like a cat. <laughs> I thought, um, given his experience this week, I thought that we might break our duck and have the first time one of the presenters use the words... I might have to bleep that one out, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I've had a horrible week. I honestly have. Like, it's not been fun at all. People have just overall been horrible, (laughs) nasty, angry, just... And that's just you. Oh, man, honestly, because you... The last week hasn't... I I really, like... You know, everything from... We, we had so many different situations that were just horrible to deal with. This whole track and trace thing, people act surprised. They're generally surprised. You say the NHS app, they pretend they've never heard of it. Um, so many people try and take scan the app like a photo, and they go, oh, no data required, because you're not in the app. It's like, can I get your name and number? Oh, why? What do you need that for? You know, it makes sense to them, because they can go to the supermarket, they can go to all these places, they can go to the gym and all that. But they come to the pub, we want all their details, and they roll their eyes at you, and they drag it out, and they make it as painful as possible, and they sit down, and they don't want to wear masks, and they don't want to oblige, and then they just, they're fucking angry, and then they just lay into you. We had a tape, one of my favourite ones, I had a couple of good ones this week. My staff let three girls in, they had a booking, they went out the back, and they said, listen, you need to go out the back quickly, there's a situation. One of the girls, it turns out they've had, they've turned up drunk. My staff didn't see it when they came in because they had sunglasses on. They held themselves together getting in. Got to the table. One of the girls decided she fancied a man on another table. She gets off her table and climbs on the other table and hops on top of the man. <laughs> hops on top of him. Like, like was, you're in... You're how, in how did this man react to this? Well, he was a bit shocked because he was oh. trying to have his food. Um, they're obviously. How did his wife react? Oh, no, but it was all blokes. They're having lunch, boys' lunch. So they're a bit shocked. So I have to go out there and I get her off the table and I'm, I'm trying to calm it all down. And her friends are so more sober than her. And then I said, listen, this isn't working out. Like, we can't have you here today. You've obviously had too much to drink. We need to ask you to leave. I'm really sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the girl who's climbed on the other guy gets up and starts calling me the C word and tries to hit me. Okay. Yeah, so that was that was lovely. So I'm just I'm a bit like, okay, what what, what have I done? I've just uh, you know I mean, but that that got great and we had to get them out and she was kicking off and calling me names all the way through the door. So I was just thinking, well, you know, thank then, God you reopened. Oh my God! And then we had a table of six and they thought they would tell me how I could run my business better and that we needed more heating. Um, the gentleman didn't like it when I pointed out that maybe he should have dressed for London in April as opposed to the south of France in August. Um, he got a bit irate. Um, but, you know, he's, they're wearing summer clothes to the well, pub. We're, we're, we'll come on to the, the whole temperature because yeah. I think there's, there's a bigger kind of conversation uh, around hold this. On, the, the, what about one more, one more? Let them eat cake. Oh. Okay. 
table of six ladies come in, normal looking English ladies, like I say normal, as normal as it can be for me, um, come in, and they're all, they must be secretaries, I, I'll generalise. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. What, and they're, 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 I don't know, men, they, they, they had shovel? What, their men boss let them out? No, it's not that, side. but they just felt like, they, they just felt like they just felt like girls, you know, after work drinks sort of thing, and uh, so it's all girls. And they're bound to be secretaries yeah. because I don't know. Well, then, okay, that. six average-looking English girls <laughs> going out for dinner. Average on the scale. Of I don't know I what mean, you call like they just look normal in England. Are they carrying typewriters? No, they weren't. <laughs> but let me finish. So they sit down, and the girl goes. Sure can. The girl goes. Do you do cookage? Of course we do cookage. You know what I mean? Like I think you said cookies. <laughs> Do you do corkage? And I said, yeah, we do. And they said, great. How much is that? I said, it's £10 per bottle, 15 for sparkling. They went, oh, brilliant. Is it okay we do corkage? I said, yeah, of course. So when I got some glasses, I come back and I put the glasses down and they pull out of their bags Tesco's finest Malbec. I, like, honestly, so congratulations, girls. You've saved yourself, what, five quid a bottle on my house wine, which my house wine's a thousand times better. Um, they did that. They sat there. They had a lovely evening, and then at the I end, I wish I'd been there. Just oh, space, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then it got better. Have you got the CCTV oh, footage? Mate, they, I was too busy crying. Um, and then they said, "Can we get some plates and some forks and a, and a cake knife?" And they, they proceeded to bring out their own cake. And they sat so there. Can and, I just ask a question? Yeah. Do you charge cakeage? Well, I, that's what I said to. I should have charged <laughs> cakeage. But what is this? I know your hospitality had a really hard time lately, but we're just going to bring our own food and drinks. Yeah. Come on, man. I, I tell you what, people have come back, and it, they've just they they know that we've been they know we're hurting, we know we're financially strained, and they come back and they look at you as a wounded animal. And they're taking advantage of you. And it was suspicion I get down and they would see if it's been different. So, so I mean, you've, you've had a terrible experience. James, how have your customers been? Been fantastic, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's something to do with the culture you create. Um, <laughs> I think I, it is. I, I think you set the tone. I stumbled you? through drinks over uh, 17 people and they all apologised to me and bought me a drink. <laughs> that's the difference. No, I'm kidding. But it's been lovely down here. No one's mind. They've dressed appropriately. Honestly, I am... I am a prick magnet. They just come to me. They, Sorry, they... drop the magnet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true though. They cut. They, they, it's, it's brutal up in Highgate. They, they just. They, there's no understanding. There's no consideration. Like if you say, "Oh, sorry, we're sold out of that." Why? They just go at you all the time. It's mentally. My staff don't want to send me to tables anymore because they just. I've just got. I've just. I've just got zero patients. Yes. <laughs> let's, 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 let's keep Heath out of this. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not escalate the situation yeah. anymore. Than these. I mean. So I mean, you touched on something right at the start of this, and, and let, let's go back to, to some of the practicalities there. So, in terms of the restrictions, yeah. you, you're finding people are struggling to understand what the restrictions are. Yeah, I think that the struggling to understand the restrictions are. And they really don't care. The old people I'm getting keep on telling me they've had the vaccine. Congratulations, you still need to be checked in. But I've had both vaccines. Congratulations, I get that, I really acknowledge that. You need to check in. Oh, and they look at you like you're crazy. Like, like especially the ones who, this is the first thing. Yeah, well, it's the first adventure sure they had out. the bosses, I love that. There's, oh, yeah. there's someone higher than him, right? Yeah, they always want to know, yeah, is this someone, someone taller? <laughs> People, people really like the ones who don't who've had enough of COVID and all think it's a big hoax and all think it's a big. They just they just come in and they're like, "What? I have to wear a mask? I have to do this? Oh, it's ridiculous!" And they, they, like, we haven't made these up. We're not doing this to be awkward. I want you to come and have a good time, so I don't have to deal with you having a bad time. But they just come in and they're angry and 
Oh, it's just, it's, you don't bring your own cake, obviously. But, you know, like, seriously, when you tell them, you're, what's your telephone number then? Oh, okay. Um, what's your name? Hesitation. Um, John <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, John Anderson. Telephone number? Oh triple nine six five four eight one two three four two. That's too many numbers. Oh, just take the last one off. Like, Johnny, what are we supposed to do? Start asking for ID, and this is why they want the vaccine passport because they want to know who's actually in there, and that's the only way they can do it. If you need a vaccine passport to enter premises, so many people do not have the app. But it's still laughable how we are. You know, our dwell time may be similar to some dwell time in a supermarket, yet we're still being the ones asked to do the, 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 the yeah. heavy lifting here. Um, it's, it, begs, it does beg a belief that. I mean, but, that's, just, but that's why, so but if they're going to bring in the vaccine passport, which they probably will, it needs to be everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It needs yeah. to be every business, everywhere you go. But that means it has to be on all the time. So yeah. what are you talking about then? Then we basically ended up like China does with their track and trace system, where they can, they can locate a distance in five minutes. It's true, though. All roads lead to China, don't they? No, but it's true, though. So we end up... He's hungry. We we end up in a police state where the the government know where you are all the time. They can track you and they know what's going on. And how do we end up here? Because we're scared of getting the cold? Because we're scared of getting a virus? Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's, you know, I'm not anti-vax. It's, it's, it's interesting. I think if you look back, if you could take, we're always, as a, if you look at people's behaviour, it's always one step ahead of the curve. So we've got the next lockdown on the 17th, about all restriction lifted. But people are heads are there now. Yeah, yeah, heads yeah, are always yeah, one always step ahead of where you're actually at. But if they, tell, sense. Yeah, yeah, but if they yeah. tell them you yeah. can't go on holiday without vaccine, we can go to a pub without vaccine, uh, sorry, without a passport, they're all going to go and get their passports. Mm. They'll just want their lives back and they'll give up their liberty for it. It's just... I mean, it's, what's... What's the re- response been down here at the Lockhart in terms of um, response to restrictions and things? So they, honestly, <laughs> well, they walk in. I've watched them here. I've just sat here. And I, watched I people. wonder if we swapped you two over and you went to Highgate and Keith came down here. Whether that I'm would, a magnet. That would, it, it, that it, would, I'm a magnet. That you would watch. Flip. Within it? two days, they'd be carrying me down the street in a sedan chair, throwing <laughs> petals in the road. <laughs> Please don't let him come back. <laughs> but if I was if I was down here, yeah, I'd have more assholes, but I'd be making more money. Yeah, that's true. So, you've got to open wine properly. So, in terms of um, level of trade, how, how's it been? Uh, I mean, I haven't been able to get in here. I'm not just sure trying to think what I was saying. We, we, we have a height restriction. Right, fair Sorry, enough. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so right, with I've just, restriction. <laughs> I've just been uh, giving money to your rivals and having a better experience. But um, anyway, I mean, it's, it's how, how has it been? It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. We only have five tables. Yeah. Um, out front, but uh, it's people spent well. People, have, there is that pent up. Let's see how long it lasts. You know, the wave definitely hit on Monday. How long? You know, the continual ripples. But at the moment, we've booked for a month. We've opened for a month. We're pretty much booked for a month. A few extra spaces, but nothing. And you've got and you've taken over the, the frontage next door. Next door. Yeah, How's that going? Yeah, really good. So we've yeah. got seven tables out there. Um, and yeah, it's great. I mean, it's not covered, so we're not booking it ahead because of the changeable weather but people are just our, our people are genuinely pleased to be they're out. nicer down here though they are yeah. they are they're nicer that's, that's why we both live down here and you don't so I mean what about you I mean are you, are you booked up fully booked up yeah, yeah. Every, every so the red line we've got we front gardens 70 covers back gardens 30 front gardens covered so we're fully booked on that all the way till 16th of May we were booked to same at the lockout um, and back garden's uncovered, so we only take bookings that 48 hours in advance. But we're, yeah, like it's it's full every, yeah. it's all the time. It's a bit, to be honest, like last week was incredibly busy, but it was, um, 
yeah, demand was really high, but you know, it's it's you know, it's good. But, yeah, you know, you're just you're just paying bills. I mean, I, I, I had an email just before it came out. Helen Wood runs the uh, the Broad Lays in Aylesbury. She said um, they've had an absolute stonking first week, 55k uh, in the first week, which is a record for them. It's amazing. Uh, they've got 150 outdoor covers, which obviously helps. No, that helps. But but the medium and that's a pretty good going, isn't it? Man, Just outdoor ma- track. Imagine how like the stretch on your t- like I think it's hard because your teams come back and they're all mm. a bit rusty. Everyone's a bit like oh okay, a bit aloof and and that's solid trading. Do you yeah. know what I mean, you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? I mean, how, how are you finding the teams coming back? Are they uh, are they doing all right? Are they? Ru- I mean, you said rusty. Is it is it causing any yeah. headaches or problems? No, just yeah, you know, just a bit. So I think I think. They're glad to be back at all the pubs. I think, you know, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a challenge. You know, like just stupid ordering, like you know, ordering stuff on tills and just forgetting how to, how the process is. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, haven't come across many allergens in the last week. No, I think people. Are, Don't yeah, worry. No one, no one's on really diets or, you know. Oh really? Yeah, okay. everyone's. I think everyone's just like, you know what? I need to enjoy mm-hmm. myself. And I think, I think we will have a summer of if we can. There's no more lockdowns when we get out of it. I think you know there'll be. You know, I feel sorry for the operators who aren't opening now, where everyone's still got the cash. Mm. In, in a month's time, are they going to be a bit hungover from drinking so much for the last month? <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think so. there's been some behavioural changes that the year has sort of given us. That there's an acceptance that you know, booking in a pub. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I think would have been harder. If, to, to get to if you wanted it, to it's more expensive Do I, I, financially it's more expensive to run what we're doing right now being open yeah. you know we at the red like here it's a bit more relaxed at lock up but we have two members of staff on the door hosting yeah do you know what I mean and that and that's also running the bottle shop we've got going on but you know at some point you need three because it's so busy yeah um but yeah, you just chewing. In the old days, we talked about it, it was like pre-COVID. People just walk in and go, oh, do you have a table? You go, yeah, take that one. Now it's like, you know, it's a lot more organised, a lot more militant. But um, yeah, just it's a lot of work. It's a lot more, your, your wage bill's a lot higher. Yeah. You know? I think it's bad when you're having to get, you know, some off the table after two hours, but it just is what it is. And I think yeah. it's only at the minute until that pent-up demand yeah, slows I think, a little. It's I think sensitive. everybody understands. But yeah. what we're finding up the red is people really want to be there for a long time. And yeah. it's really, you know... I mean, we, we've, we've obviously covered off the worst parts of reopening from, from his perspective. What, what's been the best part? Just going to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the best part? I, I think it's been... I, I think it's... it's getting seeing your lovely customers, yeah. surely. Yeah, yeah. Getting cash in the till and getting back to what we actually were built for and made for and being opening running venues like doing the takeaway business man honestly that's arduous and painful um, getting back to actually just being operators and having customers in the building and making people have a good time that, that's you know that's what I enjoy about the business I think we both do and I think just being open yeah. and actually having money in, like money in the till paying bills just you know keeping the wolf at the door you know what I mean it's, just, um, it's been a horrible year hasn't it it's been no fun this year but actually I know it goes on but just to have the place buzzing again and that noise you know that yeah, just going just, on just yeah, yeah, having nice. a good time yeah. It, yeah. but it'd just be nice when we sort of we know we don't have those restrictions anymore and we're just there's no masks and staff looking around you know what I mean just get back to being a pub yeah. the masks are the biggest they're the, they're the biggest I struggle with them because of breathing you know yeah. long day when you're in one of those and you wear glasses you just walked up all the time yeah right well I'm sure we're going to pick up on some of these themes when we speak to the, uh, the other operators later so let's just part that one there for now
you're listening to the Lock In Podcast and uh, we're basically, I think we couldn't really do this without giving Heath a chance to talk about his favourite topic this week. Uh, James and I have been subjected to bombarded, I think it's probably a better description for it, message upon message, voice messages, I may even splice some of them into it, although they're quite sweary, uh, about uh, the weather and his customers' reaction. So Heath, tell us a little bit about that. So, I'd like to say, first of all, we have quite good weather channels in this country that predict the weather. Our customers, when they ring up to book tables, we say to them, last thing we say is, wrap up warm, you're sitting outside. They said, just put me near a heater. Cool, you're still outside, you need to wrap up warm. Well, just put me near a heater. Yeah, I acknowledge that, but listen, you're outside. So they t- these people turn up, like the guy on Saturday, it's Saturday, with a summer jacket on and a t-shirt. Like, I just look, look, and you're sitting there complaining because you're cold. Wear clothes. They take such great offence for me asking them to wear clothes. <laughs> wear a jacket. Take a jacket. It's like, I don't get it. Like, it's so angry. So I put a social media post out on Instagram, Facebook and all that of some Eskimos dressed up. And then on, on Instagram, I have a much nicer customer base. They sort of like, they laugh. Yeah, just asking people to wear jackets. I don't have to listen to them, bitch. Like, school, like, I don't know. Like, children not getting their candy because they're cold. You're turning up. It's five degrees. Wear a jacket. It's not rocket science. So these people turn up, and it's just it's, it's just ridiculous. I put a post out, and on Instagram, everybody laughs. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, cool. We should wear jackets. Makes sense. And I mentioned global warming. God forbid. Oh, that was oh, my God. mistake there. All the flat earthers come rolling out of the bloody... Oh, not rolling, because there's no such thing as balls. <laughs> they come running out, and they start telling me, how dare you, you cheap bastard? You need to start buying heaters. You should do that. And they, they start trolling me. I'm getting controlled on Twitter. By, Twitter is the cesspit of society. I want to say to these people, right, you want to have a conversation with me? Come and speak to him in my face because you're a prick. Where all I'm asking you to do is wear a jumper. It's freezing outside. They turn up, they don't wear a jumper, and it's my fucking fault. Fuck off! How you don't get upset about it, I really don't. I have it's to listen to them. how he keeps us cool, in, isn't it? In summer jacket. This is what's called a summer jacket. It's for summertime. You're in the south of France. Wear it when you get off your boat. It's a summer jacket. It's don't, not don't, April don't, in London. Have you not worked out that we're optimistic, us Brits? You know, with a bit of sunshine, we're out there like, in our flip-flops. Honestly. Don't bring your poison down if here. If COVID killed stupid people, there'd be no one left in this country. Wear a jacket. It's but, cold outside. Uh, I don't know where you got the uh, breaking news, but Chad's president has died in clashes with rebels. God, That'll yeah. teach him to stick his head above the parapet. <laughs> I'm not Who's even sure. Dying? I'm not even sure where that came from. I think I'm just going to have to cut, true. cut all this out. Oh God! It's coming back to the point in hand. Um, let's um, wear a jacket. Wear a jacket. Wear, bring well, some clothes. Well, two well, jackets. The thing is, Take honey, a I mean, you're in hospitality. You should be looking after your. Oh yeah, okay. So what about? Okay. I should be keeping them warm. I don't know. Okay, because I don't want to upset the, the flat earthers and the global warming conspiracies. It's not global warming. Apparently, I've been educated on that. Climate change. I don't know. The planet's fucked. We all know that. We've got about 50 years left and we're all going to die, but obviously I'll be wrong. Just... No matter you. It's just... Yeah, of course. Just all I'm asking for your comfort to be comfortable, bring a blanket, bring a jacket, pretend you're... Like, you know all these ski holidays that you didn't go on this year? Wear those ski clothes. Wear your helmet. I don't care. Opportunity to use them. You're Mm. apres skiing in the St. Anton. Come and enjoy yourself. Don't turn up because you're, and you're wearing H&M bloody ski uh, like shit jacket and complain you're cold. 
Do you know what I mean? I think that's actually what other, it's called, the H&M shit. Other, other brands are available. <laughs> yeah, but just wear, wear some clothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, they take so much offence to me saying, wear something warm. Oh, really? You don't have enough heaters? Well, I never have enough heaters for you guys. You want... Whereas, they I mean, want the, they... the reality of it is, and I mean, all joking aside, you, you, you've got people that are basically, who would have been, as we've said before, complaining about straws in their drinks and killing off the turtles, complaining about not burning enough gas to, yeah, they... uh, to keep them warm in their flip-flops in your garden. I was researching fossil fuels that I can burn that will keep people hot and also destroy the planet faster so I can speed up the climate change so we all have hot weather all year round so these people do not complain about having to wear clothes um, in, in stark contrast down here people have been coming and apologising for wearing two jackets yeah but they've been toasting oh, I, mean, I was bit, looking yeah, into spit uh, plutonium from Chernobyl that I could buy and put in the middle of the pub and it would just heat everybody you'd get, you'd get radiation poisoning but they'd be warm they'd be cooking from the inside out but Jesus Christ don't act so fucking surprised when they say it's cold I hope we're not replaying this in court. Oh, I was going to say, know, I mean, this could be... Uh, from falling down, but this is Michael Douglas, isn't it? I'm not the it's only... The I'm, I'm, surely I'm not the only operator out there. I think Brent, we're going to talk well, we're, to Brendan. We're the last thing. Yeah, like... But maybe not as angry. Mm. I mean, that, that might be... I mean, I might just stick my neck out there. But you know what? Like, some of the times... Some of the times, it's young people who still haven't heeded their dad's advice about taking a jacket... When they go out the door, because it will get cold later. Stupid secretaries, or... Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to start on the millennials next, isn't it? This yeah. is the, uh... No one is left you'd out think, of you, But you'd think the snowflakes would be used to wearing jackets? Oh, what have you done there? Oh... What a week. Uh, I so mean, nice for that, don't you think? It's lovely. I mean, what, 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 you feel so welcomed and, uh, and warm I've got, I've inside. I've people in the, in the garden now whose anxiety has never been higher, having heard the right. Like, like, all those three blokes over there, look at them. Yeah. They're wearing T-shirts. Yeah. It's quite warm today. You know what it is? They're men. Oh, no, they're, men. Just showing, they're just showing their tattoos. They're Aussies. Oh, don't worry about it. Maybe they're Aussies. Maybe they're, maybe they're Kiwis. Probably men from Kiwis. It's, right, okay. well, I, I'm going to I'm going to park that one. Because, uh, I don't think we can I don't think we can make him rant any more than that. So uh, let's leave that there. Listening to the Lock In podcast, and we've got two great operators joining us now, finally, uh, <laughs> to offer some sensible thoughts on how they've found reopening. We've got Elaine Wrigley, owner of Atlas Bar, a Manchester icon, uh, the bar, not Elaine, she's lovely as well, though, and Brendan Padfield from the award winning Unruly Pig in Woodbridge, Suffolk. So, guys, please thank you for joining us, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I mean, let's let's let, let's talk. Um, how how has the first week been for you guys? What's it been like, uh, Elaine? Do you want to talk us through sort of your your experiences so far? Yep. So it's fair to say it's incredibly exciting, um, and it's great to have some positive energy again um, around the bubble. Um, I can honestly say it's been very exhausting as well um, on a number of levels. Um, but I think most importantly, what's been most encouraging has been the support we've had from our customers um, right from the off. Um, we had a, we actually deliberately did a opening on Tuesday and had invited in um, some regulars. Um, and I guess 
the whole pattern breaking gently because obviously some of them have been on furlough more than they've worked in the past 12 months. Um, we had our full um, relaunch on Wednesday um, and we literally have had queues um, every day since, which has been fantastic. And of course, the weather's been with us as well, which has been really helpful. Um, particularly in Manchester, because it's definitely not known for its funny climbs. <laughs> And, and how, how about you, Brendan? How's your first week been? Well, uh, I, I can echo some of uh, Elaine's experiences. Uh, I'm sure I speak for us all that uh, just to see happy, smiling customers come through the door has been uh, such a hugely positive experience. Uh, just another shot in the arm, if you'll excuse the vaccination, vaccination pun. I should have spoken to Elaine before I opened and uh, learned lessons from her because as soon as she said soft opening, given that I've been in this industry now six years, I, I might have thought about that. I didn't. I wish we'd copied you, Elaine, and done a soft opening because the first day was hell. But, uh, we, uh, we, 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 we got through it and it really is what uh, Elaine was referring to really, that... Um, you know, some of the staff have been on so furlough for so long, they've got a bit rusty. Adapting a new menu with rusty staff and to completely outside service, yeah, it, it was a challenge and I should have gone easier. You could see by Sunday that it was getting a li little better. Uh, sadly, I'm late to the party in terms of learning lessons. So uh, this year, we're, this week, we're not opening up as we'd originally planned to. We did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This week, we were going to do Wednesday and Thursday. We're not doing Wednesday and Thursday. We're doing more staff training. So uh, a tip to those of you who haven't yet opened, follow a lane example. A soft opening's a great idea. Um, uh, sorry, go on the Sorry, I think that training point is so important. Um, we brought guys in um, in small groups um, a couple of weeks prior to reopening. Um, do what actually seemed like really basic induction training, but you're right, they, they got rusty. And even just feeling their way around behind the bar, where's the glass, where, where is everything? Um, you know, they're obviously dealing with table ordering apps and operating like a restaurant quite frankly, which is not what we're about on a normal um, trading uh, time. So lots for the teams to think about. Um, anyway, um, it, it was really hard work for the guys last week because they were just trying to really get their heads back into it. Hi mm. guys, James here. Just, uh, I wonder whether we beat ourselves up about trading, but I wouldn't mind some of the customers got into about a month's training before they came back to remember how to behave uh, in a pub. Um, you know, speak nicely, remember that they're not our fucking rules. And, uh, <laughs> please and thank you. Etc, yeah. etc. Et cetera. Anyway, that's that's enough from me. Uh, I, I mean, uh, 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 can, I, can I just, uh, before it's enough from you, James, can I just uh, uh, reverentially concur with exactly what you said? Because the... Uh, the uh, level of abuse I was having a very positive and uplifting exchange with Heath on Saturday I was down on my uppers and honestly I, I, I felt uh, it was one of the worst days in, in my career because of the rudeness and discourtesy and, and in a perverse sense Heath you, were, you really were a shot in the arm when you said look it's happening the world over mate and uh, yeah. so yeah. Are you finding that Elaine? Have you I mean how, how has the customer experience been for you? 
Because I mean, you, from from memory, I haven't been to your your, your place in, in quite a while. But you've got the you've got the terrace out the back, have you? Yeah, we do. Um, we're very fortunate. We've got a private terrace in the city centre, which is quite unusual in Manchester. And um, we have retractable canopies. Obviously, the rule is that we can't have more than fifty percent of the sides down. And um, we had what can only be described as a really um, aggressive council lady coming on Friday. Bearing in mind we're a bar that we're temperature checking customers in, we've got all the people ordering at, distancing we're taking very seriously, etc, etc. And marched in in a really aggressive way um, and told us she was going to take a photograph from we had three out of the eight sides down, which when I went to school wasn't 50%. Um, she then managed it back the next day. I have to remind them that I needed them to check in with the NHS app because I wasn't going to let them into the building without doing that because they just did without even checking in. <laughs> Um, and then my other half, Mark, had this bizarre conversation with them that they told us that we need to measure our air volume capacities and that we needed to check in with our architect. Now, I'm pleased to say, Lucy Powell, the MP for Manchester, came into the bar on Sunday um, with a councillor. He was horrified by our experience, but um, there is no doubt that there are some councils that are being very cooperative and trying to work with operators but you know you would think that when we've been one of the hardest hit sectors they would be trying to be a little more yeah. cooperative yeah. and so that was the real dumpster last week for us actually it was Manchester City Council's licensing lady whose behaviour was radical disgraceful yeah, no, that's that's got to be a sort of uh, a kick when you're down, really, hasn't it? And, I mean, Brendan, what, what about you? Have you had? Well, uh, uh, I, 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 again, this is great therapy for me, guys, because I, I, I'm very lucky without being smug. I, I haven't had that 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 that, that experience. Um, 
I'm absolutely aghast by what you've just told me, uh, Elaine, because uh, three flaps down out of eight, more than, more, more, more than, more than complies. We have had issues. I'm also intrigued, maybe a bit of regional difference. I haven't had any issues on, on face mods at all. Um, what I have had is the surprise, the looks of incredulity to sarcasm of what you're taking all our names and yes yeah. there's been a change in the law and and that that's been it's it's and, and most people um are, the majority are don't have the act maybe 40 percent do the, and it's a generational thing we get them processed quickly but you know your average uh, table of, of two households when they happen to be eight doing that manually and nobody can remember their, their and I, I think they think we're being awkward because yeah. I know some operators locally aren't complying so they're thinking it's just me being a legal pedant mm. so, so, that, so, that, so that's been difficult but from a regulatory perspective I haven't had this uh, one of our, our colleagues in the UK Top 50 Gastro Pubs he's and I uh, Dom Chapman up at the Beehive he's been inspected five months on the road so maybe I've had a lucky escape. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, uh, conscious of time on this, but I mean, what would your advice be to to other operators in terms of what, what's been the, the the biggest wins and the biggest loss or, or losers for you guys in terms of opening uh, up? I, I I would say uh, um, the lessons and top tips are heed what Elaine has done and do soft openings. We had done the training, but we hadn't done the soft opening. I would be careful about how you uh, distribute your heat because no matter what warnings you give to the clients, if one of them is not on a heated table, they will start complaining or asking to move. Um, but, uh, but let's come back to the, the, the main point. It, it is the minority that are causing the problems. It's the minority that are complaining. It's the minority that are kicking off. And the vast majority, and I'm talking 90%, it is a positive experience. And to see the happy, smiling faces, they're just glad to be back. So just be patient. It's a statement of the bloody obvious. Just be patient with those <laughs> who are getting a bit irritated. Absolutely. So it's a minority heat, not the majority, as you were saying. No, they're all at Highgate, though. Oh, they all, all come to Highgate. They, are all <laughs> <laughs> they get bussed around from every part of the country to come and visit me and make my life hell. You are in hell. This I am in hell. I, I died a long it, time it, ago. It is nothing to do with James and I arranging for them to come to visit And Elaine, I mean, final thoughts from you. What, what, would, your, uh, what would your advice be? Yeah, I think there's a huge piece around the team training. Um, we did overman the bar every day um, quite significantly. And of course, there's an hourly in that when we all know we've got increased costs to take a lot less revenue at the moment. However, that overmanning did take the pressure off the team. Um, we felt that was really important this week. Um, it could mean that we can discuss out all of the rules and help them understand it isn't what we've become more crazy you're absolutely right about that we're actually just following the guidance and doing everything that we can to comply so that we can all get back to treat in a normal way as quickly as possible and we've actually found the more you do I totally agree. It is well north of ninety percent that are really rooting for us to be successful. And you know what? It's been good to be having some fun hospitality in this last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
long that I literally went and yeah, it's just a joy to see. I walked up behind the bar and people laughing and chatting and I just Listen, because we Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. Well, guys, that is all we've got time for, but thank you very much for that. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers, very Nice bye. one. Bye bye bye. Listening to the Lock In podcast, myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball, and James Cuthbertson, and we're getting all legal now. So, to help us look at some of those legal and licensing challenges, we've got the wonderful James Anderson from Popperston Allen with us. James, welcome. Thanks, Ed. Good to be here. Good stuff. So, I mean, let's let's just sort of kick off. I mean, from a from the, we're, we're focusing this episode on reopening and how that's all going. Uh, from your perspective, from a legal point of view, how's it gone for you? How are you? How are you seeing it from your client's point of view? It, it's a mixed bag. Ed. I think from speaking to clients, um, it's gone very well in the sense of um, our people are clearly desperate to, to get into the pubs, and it's great to see. I'm, I'm in Nottingham and. Um, a lot of the pavements are covered with tables and chairs and people are drinking and, uh, and I understand that many areas are, are sold out for two, three, four weeks so that is great uh, the weather's been good on the whole positive in terms of the approach of local authorities there has been quite a bit of enforcement um, so visits to outside areas um, just checking really can you use the area uh, are you compliant? Are your tables and chairs socially distanced? Are you uh, using weight to weight for service to comply with the um, with the regulations? I, I think it's probably a bit more relaxed than trading under the tier system because when you had those fairly nasty curfews and, and you know what is a substantial meal, that that is is meat and drink to the to the awkward uh, enforcement officer. You know you're you're giving them a you're giving them a stick to beat you, and that has been removed. So I think that's something of a relief. But, but yes, you are you are getting a more sympathetic stance, and that relates also to the use of outside areas. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm rabbiting on. I'm happy to carry on rabbiting. No, no, no that's to. fine. That's fine. You, it's all good. <laughs> keep keep rabbiting away. That's it. I know in in, in our preliminary email exchange, James and Heath mentioned um, the use of the external areas, and, and, mm. and there is, I think a fair bit of misunderstanding out there even now and really all you need to use an outside area is um, permission to use the area so if it's a car park and it's your car park put tables and chairs on it far away if you've got off sales on your license without any restrictions then you bring the drinks out for them that's lawful you don't need any permission at all so that's free you don't you don't need to request anything you can just do whatever you want with your land yeah, it's your land if you're a, it, and, and the sale takes place in the premises. So even if people are paying as they must, really, unless there's a, a problem with the Wi-Fi outside, the fact that the, the alcohol is brought from inside means the sale takes place inside. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a, it, it's effectively an, a, an off sale. So if you're if you're entitled to to, to have off sales, and indeed, of course. The Business and Planning Act is very helpful because if you don't have off-sales, that legislation gives you off-sales. So um, th- th- there are still, I think, some 
council officers who think that for some reason you can't use the land, it should be within your premises license, mm-hmm. or that because the payment is taken outside, the sale take, takes place outside. Both of those are absolutely wrong. So can I can I ask then, uh, and this is a question that James should be asking, possibly, but is uh, you were about yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, so next door, James has, has taken over the car park of, of the office next door, the forecourt of it, um, yeah. and he's trading that when they're shut. Now, does he need permission for that from anyone other than the owners of that land? Uh, he does if it's highway. So in the email, I think it's a car park, so if it's privately owned, yeah. the, the, the owner of the, of the property gives James permission he then relies on his license and his off-sales job done. Okay. It becomes slightly more uh, problematic uh, if if it's highway, because obviously forecourt suggests it possibly could be highway. Mm. Um, if it's if it's clearly highway, like it's the pavement, again the Business and Planning Act gives you this fast track procedure, which should get you permission. And again, Ed. Referring to, to my opening remarks, there's a very much a mixed bag out there. Uh, you're, you're getting some councils um, who are, frankly, falling over themselves uh, to, to, to let you use tables and chairs and, and really are embracing the fast-track procedure. And you're getting some who are simply saying, well, we want this, we want this, we want a risk assessment, and aren't really embracing it. It's becoming quite hard. So, it, to use James' scenario, if, if it's private land and he has permission, not their way, nothing needed if it's highway fast track application well fast track application I mean sometimes operators are putting things and shares out on the highway at risk um, and you know um, they're, they're probably getting away with it yeah yeah they're, have you found a difference, James, between the police um, uh, attitude to things and the council in terms of joined-up thinking? Are we? Uh, do you know, I think the council has been very, in our experience, very proactive and very understanding and pro-business in in Mid Sussex. Yeah. Anyway, um, have you found a difference between the the attitude and the uh, maybe different because we're talking about regions that and the police? It's regional, James. I I think enforcement very much depends on on two things. One, the culture of the local authority, and and, and two, the the personality uh, of the person enforcing. Uh, The the former is is more relevant. And so I think, and that applies equally to local authorities and, and police. If you're in a fairly progressive local authority, which, which you know is led by a team who, who, who are, are, are business friendly and understand business, um, and, and often are well funded. Because I think part of the problem with these institutions is, um, you know, it, you, you've got you, you're, you're paying people and giving them a checklist, and that's when it's more problematic. If you've got a, a local authority or any institution where you've got someone who is is a decision maker and is prepared to look at the thing, you know, as a whole rather than say, well, we've got one, two, three, but we haven't got four and five, um, then it becomes much easier. So I think you have good local authority enforcing and bad, and I think you have good police enforcing and bad. Um, Yeah, and I think it's it's more dependent on those two things than the actual uniform that the officer wears. And are you seeing as well a a real sort of um, of variation in local authority sort of interpretations and and enforcement? Is is that a factor? I mean, we we have talked about it in terms of people 
getting it wrong or, or gold plating and all this kind of thing. I mean, what, what's your what's your uh, view of that? Yes, th- 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 there is. Um, I mean, some councils are are um, <laughs> some councils are, um, are, are, are are more generous in their interpretation. I mean, you know, this is enforcement that is not based on complaint. You know, that, that that's so th- it's enforcement for the sake of it. Um, most enforcement is done really by by complaint because there's been issues of so these are yeah. this is almost unprecedented it is unprecedented has this, this level of really they're just check-up visits mm. and so you know are you you know, are, are, what's your mindset are you are you coming to have a look or are you coming mm. to find fault and I think that mm. goes back very much to the to, to, to the attitude and, and, and the culture uh, and also I say to my clients you know first impressions um, in enforcement is so important you know if you go into a it's like we're the same with consumers you, you know if you, if you go you go into a problem and eat and there's you know there's three or four people behind the bar and, and and you immediately get a nice feel and you think well I'll stay here for a pint if you go in and it's a bit grotty and you know three you think I'll think I'll go next door and I think the same, you know, the same that will probably influence an enforcer. They're more likely to get involved if their first impression is not a positive one. So basically, anyone going to the red line and suddenly encountering you, Heath, that's probably going to be a negative experience. Well, I think Boston uh, <laughs> officers always have a good time with them. They leave me alone. <laughs> uh, James, we had an right. interesting conversation. Uh, we got a visit from the local. Um, Licensing. Uh, COVID, kind of, I think they call it COVID, li- COVID support or liaison or something, but effectively a licensing officer that's been sort of um, repurposed to look after compliance. And she came in and looked at our marquee and sort of said, well, I'd like to see the sides down. We had them um, off. We had, we, oh, well, off, yeah. I mean, we, we thought we were under 50%, but we have a wall going round and she was concerned about that. But it's interesting, we took um, advice from your colleague, Steve Burnett, and um, yes. and he said to me, you know, the, the, the key. He's a very good guy. He's a very good guy. He said, um, it's "Not what I've heard." Anyway. And, I, and I think a, a previous uh, no. contributor, but he he said that the key thing was communication. So um, after our visit on Friday, we promised to remove the sides by the Saturday, which we could move some, but not all of them. So we sent an email with pictures and what have you to keep them uh, abreast of what we were doing, at least be in conversation. Um, but they came back around today and said, oh yeah, thanks for keeping us, but we still need that thing done. But you've been in contact, so that's been great. But we're about to go around dishing out £1,000 fines for those that, frankly, have just ignored them. So I think there's, you know, yeah. I think there's certainly the communication piece to me seems to be important. Communication, James, is key. And also fighting, fighting the right battles um, is key. So, you know, if, if frankly, if, if you're not compliant, then you probably need to do something about it. There's, they've got lots of powers, um, and there's no point in, in having a battle that you're not going to win, I think, re- realistically. So it, it's trying to get, you know, small margins, trying to get a win. Uh, a win is um, no enforcement, the officer's happy, and you get something out of it by sacrificing a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're more likely to get into trouble if you say, and I've seen it, what a load of old bollocks, excuse me, um, you know, I've been shut for seven months, how dare you, you're coming around this high days, and I'm just trying to earn a living. 
yeah. and that will probably not get you anywhere. So, I mean, the, the, I guess from that, and I'm, I'm conscious of time on this one, but the, the idea, and I know there's a lot of operators that are probably thinking, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot and I'll try and get away with it. <laughs> um, yeah. That's probably the wrong thing to be doing. No, no, I would give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's just, your official but, legal yeah, advice. Just, give it a shot, yeah. and if you get caught... Just say sorry, just act swiftly. Don't like, give me a ring, is that...? Yes, <laughs> yes, seriously. No, I mean, don't, don't take... Don't take you know, it's, it's the taking the piss wrong, but if it's, you know... It's difficult because it's a pandemic, but, but if you, you know... I, I would I would push the I would push the boundaries to a certain extent. If it's grey, yeah. push the boundaries. But what what you well I don't think you should do is if they come round and say, Look, sorry as James in the in, in the in the example James gave and then you say, Well, okay, you know, um, and then and then and then move it because instantaneous and James said it, um, you know, thousand pounds fines for those who have not listened. So mm. instantaneous enforcement with, with consequences mm. uh, is very, very unusual. Right. They're almost certainly going to say, "Look, sorry, slap on the wrist, do this," and yeah. it will be advisory. That it's the time to say, "Yeah, okay, I'll try yeah. it." Okay, so yeah, so uh, the old adage of uh, seek forgiveness rather than ask permission. But if uh, if you do have to seek forgiveness, then comply. <laughs> Give these guys yeah, yeah. Then ring Pops and Alan, and, uh, and they'll help you out for free. Is that James? Did you say for free? I thought you did. Uh, three grand an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone out. <laughs> See, well, I'm afraid that is pretty much all we've got time for, James. But thank you very much for that. Some really good uh, thoughts out. Cheers, James. Thanks. Cheers, James. listening to the lock in podcast and we are pretty much at the end of this week's episode um but we've uh, we did hold on to hear what boris had to say which was uh, the square root of, of bugger it's got all. a task force bugger all it's got a task force to support the development of antiviral covid19 treatments yep. yeah he, he was talking about magic pills i, I mean, think it's going to end up looking like who was those things you guys the cut the puppets you had thunderbirds yes yeah. Oh, if, if that's the uniform I could wear and I get one of those spaceships, I'm in. You'd look hot in that, Keith. I'd look hot in everything, Ed. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, I've backed myself into a coldy sack here. James, get me out. Get me out. Thanks again for listening to the live. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and tell your mates and stuff. I, I did like the fact that when he was talking, he was saying, basically, you can take a pill and it'll protect you from the drunk. You kind of go, really? I mean, where's he getting his advice from now? Hold on, he, he's talking about taking pills that are drugs. No, he's going to take pills that will protect you oh, from the virus. they're talking about this, aren't they? They're talking about these things, these the antiviral, you put up your nose and it stops it, and what using, like, it's, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, basically, we're going to be wearing nose filters, aren't we? We're going to have nose filters in, you know, little breathing masks. We're going to be walking around with vaccine passports. It's going to be fucking amazing. The future's looking bright. We might as well all wait. move to Korea, eh? North Korea. North Korea. Not right. South Korea, because they have nightclubs that transmit covid North Korea doesn't. They don't have nightclubs. They don't have fun. But what they do have is no COVID cases. I mean, freedom. Where do I start? <laughs> so, I mean, well, let, let's get back on track. Um, first week down, uh, this will be going out sort of a little bit later because uh, it just will. Um, what, 
what do we think going forward? How is it going to get any easier? Is it going to quieten down? What I think do we, people yeah. are going to burn out, like all the initial idiots that, you know what I mean? It's like kids at Your Christmas. Customers. They've gone downstairs, they've opened the presents, and they've gone, Christmas, Christmas, and the novelty wears off. I think all the idiots have gone, and all the smart people have sat back and watched that happen, and then hopefully we start having sensible hospitality where people enjoy themselves and they're just glad to be back as opposed to frustrated to be back. I think it's a bit like when you first go to a girl, you know, you've had, it'll be the first week of being all like, man, all man. You're at yeah, it all, that's, that's you're not. at it all, uh, all man, yeah, at it all week. Even secretaries can probably play in this game. Um, but you're at it all week, and then, you know, come next week, you actually prefer just to have a little sleepy. Um, so I think, yeah, probably just um, people get out of the system. Oh, is there something, something you want to talk about, James? James? Well, not as long as a week, obviously. Is this, your sex life sounds amazing. Uh, let's not talk it's about gender sex life. It's uh, generally a topic we should avoid at the best of times. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because we're going to we're going to go into summer, and all the places that could open on the seventeenth of May are going to open, and the weather's going to be amazing. So everybody who's visited the outside venues are going to want to be they know those places. Who wants to go and sit inside a, a restaurant in summer? Yeah. Unless they really like that restaurant. So anybody with outside space is going to trade really well. We'll probably get through to winter. And then they'll turn around and go, well, there's a new variant that we haven't predicted, and they'll lock us down again. Do you think so, really? I don't know. I don't tr- Listen. His, his mate who's got a mate told him. No, that no. Was my, my sister's uncle's brother's cousin's <laughs> nephew, twice removed, <laughs> passed a friend of theirs in Tesco's the other day. So we who know said, it's true. Who said, but you, know, you don't know what's going to go on. We, don't you know, know, we get this new variant no, no, from no. India. Boris has got a magic pill. It's going to be fine. We all know you can't predict anything right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we. Anything could happen. I think right now, as an operator, if you're out there as an operator, you need to make as much money as you can. Sit on it. And, and just don't buy a new Jag. Yeah. Fill your boots. Don't go buy a new Jag. Bank it as or, much or as you can. Or a BMW X5. Or go, or go on holiday to Mexico. Okay. Do anything. Just just bank your money. Sit on your money. Pay your bills and all that. And just wait. Because this year's a write-off. Next year's probably not going to be much easier. But just fucking save your money. Absolutely. Yeah, but... Jeez, I don't think I've ever worked a, a, for a week and needed a holiday more. So, um, yeah, roll on. Tough, tough week. Hopefully, calm down. These are the customers just left their money at the door and fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> and, the staff, and the staff didn't come to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, imagine. oh, my God. We should open up a charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And back in, <laughs> Does that and, help? And, and, and no, not really. No, no. Another, but, uh, and, I mean, alongside these insights. Yeah, I mean that's that's useful, useful advice and and helpful for all our listeners, all ten of them. Uh, actually, we're not no nine so far, isn't nine, it? Yeah, right, yeah, we yeah. we uh, we ruled out your mum. <laughs> Maybe less. Now. Uh, less. <laughs> I think I think let's let's um, let's park it on the positive note. I think it's been it's been a good week for you, James. Heath less so. No, yeah, but He's I, a broken man. Good week. On, on, good the, week. on the upside for me at the Red, um, we've, we've paid a lot of tax bills up there. We're up to date. All the suppliers are paid. Staff still have their jobs. That's a positive. The pricks who can't work out what to wear on a winter's evening. Do you know what I mean? People. People. We meant people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody said, why don't you have blankets? Okay, so I have to have a conversation about me just giving blankets out. Yeah, but apparently, though... Sales of hoodie fleeces are up. Oh, I like this one. The camouflage hoodie blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you your can boss can't them. see you in the pub so if, drinking. If you're a secretary that's out for a drink in Heath's pub, 
You can wear a hoodie. It's a you can wear a hoodie, and, and there's and loads of pockets in there. You can bring your wine in your pocket, and your typewriter, and your cake, and your cake. And your cake. And your cake. Yes. Yeah, but this is the thing, though. Like, there's such a rise on that. These people understand you need to wear clothes when you go out. But my customers think that I'm the I'm the idiot for not supplying enough heating. Hey, hey, can I just say, if you find a camouflage hoodie, can you let me know? Because I put mine down, I couldn't find it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the worst thing is, you give me enough shit for the jokes at the Your start joke's of the shit. podcast. That's shit. I mean, what That's was it? isn't it? It's not even a dad joke. I think it's a granddad joke. I mean, I, I, you had to explain so the women to me... women come through for jokes. You had to explain well, to me the Chad joke show. earlier. Chad... Everyone knows Chad. I, I pretty much guarantee you that a fair proportion what, no, of the audience Chad, the guy looking over the wall and I said parapet no yeah, you've got to explain the joke it really oh my doesn't God. I know thank God our two listeners are more intelligent than you two I like the fact that, that you're ever a jungle now. with where you are is this like is this like a because you get confused where you're living James, James, James. For, the, for the listeners listening James is wearing a top saying West Sussex congratulations mate yeah but on the back it says return to <laughs> Oh, that's big riding at the back. Yeah. Oh, God. Into the county. I, I worry I'm losing control of this podcast. So I think Wait, I'm going to draw... 21 episodes ago. I'm going to draw a Thank line now under this. And uh, please subscribe. Please. Please. Uh, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> we will be back in a week's time. We will be talking about something, probably about pubs, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, subscribe, share, like... Drop us a line. Let us know what you want us to talk about because, uh, frankly, I'm fed up a carry. We're running out of ideas. Uh, we are running out of ideas. It's, it's, great, photos. Photos. it's great to hear some of your sex juice as well to see how your uh, personal experiences back in the bubble. And on that note, uh, good night. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week, maybe.